cue fake podcast music. Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other random mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie. And Jen. Okay, Jen, what do you want to talk about today? I'm going to talk about Mother, Pauline. I don't know why I started off like that. She is a mother. She's not like a nun. Okay. I was going to say on the way here, I did hear dancing song, Mother. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pauline Randall. Okay. Was killed by her nine-year-old son in Michigan. Wait a minute. By a nine-year-old? Yep. A nine-year-old murdered somebody? Yep. How'd he murder her? What happened? You gotta tell me everything. This is why we do this, because you tell me something, I'm like, tell me everything! (laughs) I don't want the teaser, I want the full course. Well, this just happened. Okay. On May 6th. Oh, okay. So, And we should say that we're recording early, because we have things to do this summer, including, like, my kid's graduating soon. I just want to lay at the lake. I'm like, you have a lake house you want to spend some time <laughs> at. So we're going to, we're do, we're like, yeah, we're trying to cram in so that we don't have to record through a, a good portion of June. Yeah. yeah. And we wouldn't want you guys to not hear our voices every week, so. I mean, what are they going to do if we don't get tortured by this sound? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably our laugh. I know, because mine's so delightful. <laughs> Pauline Randall, uh-huh. she's 51 years old. She was found murdered on May 6th of this year mm-hmm. in Fawn River Township, Michigan. Okay. It is alleged that her nine-year-old adopted son murdered her. He has been officially charged with open murder and felony firearms. The news interviewed the neighbors who said that their child heard screaming from the house and a few minutes later deputies arrived at the scene. The neighbors claimed Pauline's son would play outside alone a lot and he would sit in a tree facing their house and shoot them with a BB gun. The neighbors? Yeah, so the nine-year-old would climb the tree and shoot at the neighbors when they were outside. Oh my gosh. And now he shot his mom with a real gun. A real gun. It is also claimed that Pauline had previously said that she believed that her adopted son would grow up to be a serial killer. She was not wrong, Pauline. You were right. Yeah. Mother's instincts. Yeah. (laughs) But Pauline's daughter, she's on the side of the nine-year-old. What? She told news outlets that the boy was adopted three years before and had a known history of mental health issues. In recent months, he had started doing things that terrified Pauline. And she was trying to get him more help, you know, more mental health help. Yes. Her daughter blamed the health system for failing to listen to her mother, who begged, supposedly, for yeah. assistance with her son. And that her brother, the nine-year-old, doesn't understand what he did and doesn't understand why he cannot come home. Currently, the child is being evaluated by a psychiatrist and is being held by a state-run juvenile facility. Okay, I understand mental illness. It runs in my family. I have some family members that are mentally ill. But that doesn't mean you get excused for murder. And if he doesn't understand that killing someone, if he doesn't understand that, I mean, he knew he shot, he was shooting people previously, you don't get let out. That's one of those times that you, you go to a mental hospital like we don't have anymore, and you stay there for a long time, just like someone would go to jail, but you stay at a mental hospital, mm-hmm. where you get help for your mental disease, but you still are locked away because you're a danger to everyone. Yeah. 
Yeah, and if, it, if we found out at nine that he's a sociopath, better for us because he didn't get a chance to serial kill. Because sociopaths do know how to manipulate the people around them. So for all we know, he could be manipulating his sister. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought that you... I don't know. If I had a brother and he murdered my mother... Uh, well, if you, and he was doing things that terrified my mother previous to that, honey. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would be... But, you know, I'm not in the situation. So, right, true. Um, but obviously, he's out there. Uh, he's uncontrolled. Yeah. He's outside shooting BB guns at the neighbors. Oh, terrifying his mom, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, so I've got something I said a couple podcasts ago. I mentioned a couple podcasts that I like a couple episodes ago. And one is Beach 2, Sandy, Water 2 Wet, where they read the Yelp reviews. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, ooh, I found some funny Yelp reviews. And my cousin Brandy sent me one for a beef carver, which I can't find right now, but I will get it. So I was like, I saved these Yelp reviews. They're really funny. They're about things in the state of Michigan. Let me read them. Then I don't know what I did with them, so I'm going to do this instead. (laughs) That's so great. I have two Yelp reviews for Hell, Michigan. So Michigan has a village that's called Hell. A lot of people are surprised when they go to Hell that it's not very big. It's less than like 300 people. You know, town. I think it's a road. Yeah. Oh no, like, town, oh, no, town is like, you know, the town. Is it's like, like two blocks. Yeah. It's like five buildings. <laughs> so, and a teeny bridge. Yes. So this one guy named Baxter M. gave Hell, Michigan five stars. This is what Baxter said. Us local people are weird and the tourists only a little less so. In the summer, Hell is inundated with biker and then he quotes groups. So I think he's like motorcycle clubs. Yeah. So beware, you'll need to avert the kitty's eyes until you can get out of Hell. Bottom line, don't expect much and you won't be disappointed. Why would you have... <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah. But what are we averting the eyes for? I mean... Oh, biker chicks are often known for, like, boobies out. Really? Yeah. I didn't know You've never been to a biker rally? No, but I want to go. Oh, yeah. Let's my dad go. used to have a Harley. Oh, shit, girl. It goes down. They take it to 11. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I need to go. There is... The we we'll need bodyguards, but we can go. Yeah, my sister did mention, because I told her, you know, we have to start, we used to go on vacation once a year. Yeah. And I'm like, we need to start going on vacation once a year. And there was a place in Utah that once a year there's a biker rally. There's something else yeah, there that I said I wanted to it's see. Just, that's one of the ones my dad's been to. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, it's I a, think it's this, huge. It's thousands of people. Yeah. Thousands. I wanted to go for something else, and she was like, "This is going on." And I'm like, no, you might want to start a little smaller. <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking nuts. Like, there's whole documentaries on it. Like, it's fucking nuts. I'm gonna have to look it up. Okay, so here's one where Mel. So I did a five star. Okay, here's a one star. star. One star. Mel, uh, Melissa B. Pissed. Okay, so Melissa B. Says, "Think twice about going there." This is Hell, Michigan again. Then think again and again. <laughs> then, she says, <laughs> then she says in all capitals don't do the mini golf seriously I'm telling you guys I can't remember the last time I've had such a terrible experience okay so before I get into this I was so excited about going to hell we even switched our vacation around so we could stop there and I really really wished we hadn't we pull up uh, outside of a store a little smaller than I expected the quote town to be mm-hmm. so whatever is still so cool we literally are in hell there she goes. <laughs> well, you did go there. Yeah. Walk into the gift, uh, the store slash gift shop slash ice cream parlor. Slash bar. Yeah, ice cream parlor, <laughs> and nobody greets us. 
Which, let me just say, side note, me, I don't, you don't have to greet me when I walk in a yeah. fucking store. You know, I hate, I mean, I am a big Walgreens fan. I shop there a lot. Oh, the way they call out and to I you? And I hate, like, hey, welcome to Walgreens. Like, seriously, you don't. One, you know yeah. me. I mean, I shop there well, for so many too, years. there's people like Melissa out there. Yeah, who, I guess so. <laughs> they don't, but I was like, you don't have, just anybody out there, you don't have yeah. to say hi to me. It's okay. You don't have to greet me when I come in the store. I'm here to shop, not here to make, you know, friends. So, she said, literally, only one other group there. There's three workers, two older ladies, and a young girl. About 10 minutes into us shopping, one of the older women, who I'm guessing is the manager, question mark, starts going off about someone using her lint roller. <laughs> I shit you not, guys. <laughs> she went off for at least another 10 minutes about the ladies using her lint roller without asking first. Then she says in capitals, so unprofessional. Then she starts yelling at the young girl about the way she was folding t-shirts. I really wish I could have gotten that lady's name because not only was it unprofessional to do that in front of customers, but the tone she was using towards the other two were absolutely not okay. All capitals. But she didn't do anything yeah. about it. No, she didn't. I just want to let it point that out. Thank you. Next all capital <laughs> sentence was, and it was a lint roller. Then she wrote parentheses. Am I being pumped? <laughs> the wrote. Anyways, we decided we got to get out of the store, so let's play mini golf. We're checking out, and we tell the lady, not the crazy one, we like also like two rounds of mini golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The crazy lady runs over and mumbles to the other employee, should I tell them about the holes? And then looks directly at us and says, there's birds on a part of the course that have nest, a nest with eggs. So they're territorial and they're very important to me. So please avoid the hole. It's even taped off. These birds are important to me. Don't go near the nest. The mini golf is a joke. OMG. No scorecards. There's a sign before you start telling you to watch out for broken glass because they have vandalism. We weren't kidding. And then she does this in all capitals. Hella broken glass. <laughs> the greens were torn up. The cups that sit in the holes were sticking up so high you couldn't shoot a ball in. One hole had, all caps, at least five spiders inside the cup. Definitely skip that one. <laughs> to top off well, all... Well, how? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> to, top out, to top it all off, the... Quote, one hole was taped off because the birds were actually three. Then she wrote in all capitals, three! <laughs> so, 18 holes minus three bird holes minus one spider. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> it sounds like so much fun. Right? I want to go. I mean, what did you expect in hell? Equals 14 holes, which over half the cups were too high to shoot the ball into. Hell was literally worse than I can imagine actual hell is like. I can't believe they run the business how they do and actually charge people for that trash. I even feel like the review doesn't give enough justice to how terrible it was. If a hell is aiming for people to leave feeling like they wasted their time and money, mission accomplished. Wow. It was one of those things. So I had the opposite reaction. I'm more you like, I would be laughing at it. Like, this is going to make such a good story later. I'm like, I went to hell. There was a crazy lint roller lady. There was like. I know. I mean, yeah. right now I'm just sitting here thinking like, we need to make a trip. Yeah. Like, that sounds like. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I would just, to me, it would have been funny because I think that kind of shit's funny. And you're going to a town. Named hell. That's named hell. It's two blocks. Right. That, Six buildings. That everything is in one. The restaurant, the bar, the ice, ice cream parlor, the shot. general store. Gift <laughs> store. I mean, everything is one store. Oh, my God. True story. One time, you know, my, okay, so my dad is from Greece, but my mom's from Kentucky, right? My mom's family in Kentucky have a family reunion, and they're like, it's at a water park. I'm like, oh, okay. I got my cousin Brandy in the car. We're driving, and all of a sudden, it's mountains, 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 trees, trees, trees. We're in Kentucky. 
And also there's this opening, and at this opening there's like this giant greenish lake. So I'm gonna guess it's like a man. It was a man-made lake with like a, a slide and a couple things, and that was the water park. Yeah. So we're like, oh, well, we park at the hotel, and I don't want to say it's actually a famous kind of a famous. Well, we park at this hotel, and the town, and I'm gonna air quote town that people can't see, was a single building that was across from the hotel, and in that building had a gas pump with the rolling numbers. It wasn't digital. Oh. A gas pump. It was the general store, it was an antique store, and it was the grocery store. There you go. Yeah. Like, my cousins and I were so bored, you just see us, like, cross as a group, like, a few times a day and go to the store, buy something, just all cross back, because there was nothing else to do. I used to go to Milwaukee yeah. once a year, because there's a casino out there. I would always win, so it just kept me coming back. Nice. <laughs> and on my way, I don't know what town it was in, um, but in the middle of nowhere, I would stop at this gas station and it had the rolly numbers and yeah. stuff like you I actually pulled up and I'm standing there like where is my where do I put my credit card? Yeah, like where's the like, lever and stuff? Where, yeah, what <laughs> what's up with that? Yeah. But I was old school on the way I miss um, people pumping your gas. Oh yeah. Because it was a probably five years ago. They stopped doing that. Uh over here. Did they? Yeah, and I would pay big bucks in the winter, like, please. I but remember, now my kid's older, and he just guesses. He just drives my car up and guesses up for me. Yeah, he's so great. My husband does it for me, yeah. especially in the winter. I'm like, it's really cold out But here. it was nice when you had a kid, and you had to get yeah. out the car, just like, yep. And they have the, we have still have two of the drive-up, what do you call those, where you drive up and you can get beer and pop oh, and the, bread. Oh, the, where you, like, pull into the store? Yeah, you, they, like, pull into yeah. the store. There's one that you can drive around it, and you're just outside, and then the one in downtown, you drive straight through. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. You basically, like, like, drive into the store, they hand you your stuff in the car, yeah, and you just keep driving. Yeah, the one in downtown is a little scary. Yeah. You get in there, and you think, man, they could shut those doors, and it's over. <laughs> like, you're, you're screwed. Game over, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Okay, so I'm going to do, I have like a list of unusual deaths. Okay. All right. And I tried to do them in chronological order. So one is Heinz Steininger. He was a mayor, and it says Burgomaster, of Braunen, Braunau, Amn in Austria. Okay. In the late 1500s. And he was known for being well-liked by his constituents and for having a four and a half foot long beard. And his beard looked like it was split almost into like two almost locks. It, basically, his beard had a middle part. Okay. <laughs> and he has liked to keep his beard rolled up and tucked in his pocket to keep it out of the way. In September 28, 1567, a fire broke out in his town. Citizens were panicking, and, and Hans stood at the top of, the, of a flight of stairs trying to calm people. And as he went to step down, he actually stepped on his beard, which had fallen from his pocket. And he fell down in the entire flight of stairs, breaking his neck. Oh. And in memory of their beloved leader, the town carved a stone relief statue of Hans, Hans on the side of St. Stephen's Church. And they also cut his beard off and locked it in a glass case in the town's museum. And it's been chemically treated so it doesn't degrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote, side master, side note, Burgomaster reminds me of Burgermeister Meisterburger from Santa Claus is coming to town. He's the guy that took like yeah. toys. <laughs> so I have one for Basil Brown. In London, February of 1974, a man named Basil Brown, Basil Brown, was taken had taken about 70 million units of vitamin A in 10 days. During this time, he was drinking about a gallon of carrot juice every day. 
Basil was a 48-year-old health enthusiast, but at this point in his life, he had become obsessed with health. Oh, I don't know. One of those people that are so try to be so healthy, they turn the corner and make themselves unhealthy. Yeah. I saw a couple of articles that suggested he was addicted to carrot juice, and the copious consumption had caused his skin to turn bright yellow as it tried to process the influx of vitamins. And unfortunately, Basil died from vitamin A poisoning due to his extreme diet. Yeah, wasn't it something happened with his liver? You can die of vitamin A poisoning, this is my side note for this one, by eating a polar bear's liver. Because we do have liver. Oh, no, I'll stop doing that. Yeah, well, stop stop killing polar bears and (laughs) tearing their livers with your bare hands. (laughs) I'm just saying, zombie apocalypse, don't eat the polar bear liver. (laughs) My mom used to make liver and onions. Ooh. I didn't like it at first, but then I did like it. I tried when I got older to make liver and onions and... I don't care that I'm 44. I still don't eat cooked vegetables. I like the raw ones. I'll eat them, but I'm not eating anything that's cooked. No, other than corn. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not cooked, it's like heated. Up. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> so Kurt Godel, Kurt Godel was an Australian mathematician and a philosopher who immigrated to the United States. He had a significant impact on the scientific and philosophical world. And Kurt was known to struggle during periods of mental illness. Kurt's symptoms were depression, paranoia, and he had several nervous breakdowns. He was often physically ill as a child, con- um, including contracting rheumatic fever when he was six years old, and he felt like he never recovered after that illness when he was six. He had obsessive thoughts about being poisoned, and I read that this led him to eat only food that was prepared by his wife, Adele, or he would only eat after she tasted the food first. In 1977, Adele had been hospitalized for six months. And while she was not able to interact with his food, Kurt refused to eat. And he shrunk down to 65 pounds before dying of starvation, January of 1978. Adele lived for another few years, dying in 1981. He lasted how long without eating? <clears throat> la, 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 six months. He really? Died, he died during, well, he, he died, died during that six-month period. It didn't say how long oh. into it. But it said they got down to 65 pounds before he died. <laughs> so it said, side note, is VSED is the acronym for Voluntarily Stopping Eating and Drinking, and it's suggested by a group called Death and Dignity as an option for terminally ill people. I couldn't. I need to eat. You get hungry. I'm gonna get hungry. Somebody's <laughs> yeah. gonna. That means I can't interact with anyone because I can't see food at all. Right. So you're just because saying not an option for you. If you eat a burger you. in front of me, I'm eating it. Yes, yeah, so you're like not an option for you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Aww. That's your dog protesting. Yeah, protesting. Okay. Apollo, we're recording a podcast. So David Grunman, swarrow cactuses can grow over 40 feet tall and weigh up to three tons. So they're huge. He even knows it. They only grow in the Sonoran Desert along the southwestern border of the United States. See, he's sad. They have huge trunks with large arms sprouting off the sides of the ones that you see like in the typical cactus. In 1982, two roommates named David Grundman and James, um, I cannot pronounce his last name, S-U-C-H-O-C-H-I, Suchochi, were in the Arizonian desert shooting at cactus that were growing there. After using his ammunition to shoot one of the smaller 10-foot swarrow cactuses in half, David Grundman then began to shoot at an older, bigger specimen. The second cactus was estimated around 100 years old and was about 27 feet tall, so like two stories tall. Wow. From shooting from about 10 feet away from the cactus, Davis managed to shoot off a four-foot arm, one of the four-foot arms, 
off the cactus, the arm landed on David, impaling him oh, on the two-inch spikes and crushing him to death. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Oh, side note. <laughs> the average full-size swirl cactus can weigh between 3,000 and 5,000 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, David. Next time, pick on a, a plant that can't get you back. Yeah. <laughs> Another one is Shirley Durden. Shirley Ann Durden was a 33-year-old mother of four. She was snorkeling with her husband, Barry, and a male friend, Kenneth Coventry, in southern Australia. It was March 4, 1985, and they were swimming in about seven feet of water in the Pacific Ocean. Their children, friends, and other fishermen were on the shore. Because when I learned about this death, the first thing I did was like, the husband killed her and said it was something else. (laughs) But no, there was like a ton of witnesses. For the last month, a great white shark had been seen periodically in the area, as there is a nearby fishing company. So they're, you know, throwing fish guts in the water and the shark's just there. So the shark was estimated to be about 20 feet long. According to witnesses on the beach, a great white shark surfaced without warning, biting both of Shirley's legs off in its first attack. She she was lifted high above the water by the shark before splashing back into the ocean. Immediately, people on the shore called out for help and the shark ignored nearby boats that motored closer. So normally when the boats come close, it kind of scares the sharks off. No, this one was like, no, not scared. Yeah. So the shark had thrashed around with her, with you know, with her body. And when her body next appeared, it was a headless torso with one arm. Even as the boats came closer still, the shark came at her for a third time, devouring even her torso. No portion of her body was successfully recovered. It was just all blood and foam in the water. It was the first time in 10 years someone had been attacked by a shark in southern Australia, and it is the first time a victim was known to be eaten by a shark in Australia as a whole. Nobody's been eaten by a shark there until this woman, like eaten up, nothing left you. Normally they bite us and we die that way. We just bleed out or whatever. Mm -hmm. But he actually ate her up. So side note, according to National Geographic, you have a 1 in 11 million chance of being bitten by a shark. Surfers account for 51% of the attacks in 2010. Swimmers and waders were victims for 38% of the attacks, which leads me to ask, what are the other 12% doing in the water? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, what are you guys doing? They're That's... swimming, they're swading, they're surfing. What else are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Standing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why when I visit my parents and we go to the ocean, I don't go very far. And they're like all out there. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're going to get eaten. Right. You're going to be eaten. You're like, I'm going to stay here. On and if I get bit by a shark, don't come running out getting me. Right. Just <laughs> I want to be known as the per- the next person that gets fully eaten. So just leave me. Okay, we're going to okay? see if they can entice you to go yep. come back. So when you're there and people are trying to save me, be like, stop. She wants to be eaten. <laughs> Sweet. I'll, I'll, I'll make that note. Okay, so this guy's Matt Hussain Suleiman. In Kuala Lumpur, the capital of Malaysia, monkeys are often used for gathering coconuts. The monkeys are trying claimed... Uh, maybe too much coffee, Allie. Yeah. <laughs> the monkeys are trained to climb up in the trees and pluck coconuts from the top, dropping them to the ground to be collected. I'm like, that's genius. A farmer named Matt Suleiman was 76 years old and he was killed January 1995. He, his trained monkey was at the top of the tree dropping coconuts down when one of them hit him in the neck, breaking it. He died at the scene. So I wrote, side note, there was a report in the New York Times in 1985 that said, quote, falling coconuts could strike a person on the ground with the force of 2,000 pounds. Wow. So yeah, it hit him in the neck and 
scene over. Right. <laughs> yes. So everyone, Stephen Wilson. Okay. Stephen Wilson, 30, was driving with friends off diving. Not driving. Because he was in the ocean. Oh, driving. Wow. Yeah. He's special. Jeans. <laughs> he was diving with friends off the shore of Florida, Florida in the afternoon. Okay. I don't know why I suddenly can't speak. Maybe all that caffeine really is kicking in. It was July of 2007, and they were diving about 40 miles north of Miami. It was not storming, but they could see lightning strikes like farther away. So for safety, Stephen and his friends decided to exit the water. Stephen had surfaced about 30 feet from the boat when lightning struck his oxygen tank. Oh. Yeah, he was killed instantly. The other divers struggled to, body, to get his body into the boat as they radioed for help. Because if you think about it, now he can't pull himself up the ladder or anything. You've got a dead body and you're trying to pull it from the water. With an air tank. And yeah, and he's all burned up and he's your friend and you're trying to grab a lifeless body. Just leave me again. Yeah. Just, Once, okay. One more time and just leave you? Yeah. Okay. Like. <laughs> um, the, when the boat arrived at the beach, a rescue crew did perform CPR, but he had already passed away. Yeah. So I wrote, side note, lightning burns at... 54,000 degrees Fahrenheit, wow. which is 29,980 degrees Celsius. And it produces about 1 billion joules of electricity. So for comparison, a watt is one joule in one second. So this yeah. just confirms why I am deathly afraid of thunderstorms and lightning. I love them. I am under the cover. I am under my bed. Yeah. And so this is why, because I don't want to be striped. Well, the last yeah, time we had a thunderstorm, your brother and I watched the window hoping to see lightning. We just sat there staring out the window. Oh, you know, the last storm we had, it was cloud-to-cloud lightning. Yeah. And it was crazy. Beautiful. I mean, it, oh, no, it. not at all. And uh, then, <laughs> so my previous dog was, oh, had a, oh, my friend gave Sarge. me a thunder. Yeah. A, it's a thunder buddy, so you... Like, wrap it around him yeah. so he feels like, you know, somebody's hugging him. Yeah. And he would always crawl into bed and, you know, hide with me. Yeah. And now Apollo, he's like, oh, it's cool. Let me stay, sit at the door. Yeah, my and dog like, just sleeps through it. My dog doesn't care about thunder and lightning. Oh he's just like, if it's, a, if it's not food, him. he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's not someone trying to take our affection, because he'll wake up for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, sorry. Back to Steven. Oh, to the lightning. Um, so the air around lightning expands rapidly, which causes a shock wave. And that shock wave we call thunder. Mm-hmm. So the heat, electricity, and the shock wave combination is what's deadly. And in 2016, 38 people in the United States died by a lightning strike. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So this one here is a woman named Lottie Michelle Belk. In June of 2016, a woman named Lottie Belk, who was 55 years old, was doing a combined celebration for her birthday and wedding anniversary. Lottie and her family decided to go to her favorite place to celebrate, Virginia Beach. Ooh. Yes. As the family was sitting in the sand uh, around 5 p.m., the wind started gusting. One particular strong gust of wind pulled a sun umbrella from the ground and sent it, sent it hurtling through the air. The tip of the umbrella struck Lottie in the chest, embedding the metal tip into her body. A lifeguard immediately arrived, like immediately arrived and began CPR. Medics were on the scene in minutes, but Lottie still... Did not survive. The blow to the chest killed her. So I wrote, side note, in 2016, there were 43 wind-related deaths in the United States, according to the federal government. Wow. Yes. So I think this is my last one. I'm putting, yes, it is. I'm putting my umbrellas up at the lake when it gets windy. Yeah, you want to see someone get impaled? 
I don't want to get <laughs> oh, his oh, hands. Oh, no, you mean yeah, put away. I'm going like, put no. him out. You're like, let's see who gets yeah. murdered. <laughs> this will make it interesting. Okay, yeah. my last one is Robert Dreyer was an 89-year-old man who lived in Vieira, Florida. In May of 2017, Robert was driving down the road when he suddenly veered into a fire hydrant. According to witnesses, he didn't hit the hydrant at a high rate of speed. And he was able to get out of his car. There was very little damage done to his car, and the hydrant seemed to be intact. Mm -hmm. However, as Robert stepped out, a five-foot sinkhole opened up underneath him. The sinkhole was created when the hydrant was hit, hit, releasing water underneath the pavement. A safety valve on the hydrant wasn't working quite right. So Robert fell into the hole and then was pulled underneath his car. To me, that's a fucking nightmare right there. So people (laughs) who saw the accident tried to save him. But it was extremely hard for them to get fight against the water pressure coming out of the hydrant, and they're trying to reach down to a five-foot hole. It took them three or four minutes to pull his body out. Just as his body was retrieved, emergency personnel arrived. They were able to take Robert to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. Authorities believed he may have had a medical issue right before the crash, and then he drowned. So he's already having medical oh, issues. Wow. Then he falls underneath the car, and with the medical issues in the water, it just it drowns him. Hmm. So I wrote, side note, (laughs) according to National Geographic, about 20% of the United States is susceptible to sinkholes, mainly the southern United States. Yeah, that's my last unusual death. Those are crazy. Yeah, those are fucking nuts. The coconut to the head, or to the neck one, I was just like, yeah. Or to get eaten by a shark when they don't really eat us. Or it's the cactus. Oh, the cactus. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's like, look, did you see that, Mom? Boom! Boom! You've been listening to Michigan Other Mayhem with Allie and... Oh, you can do it, Jen. Oh, please, no. Okay, Jen, I'm sorry. It's okay. Jen. (laughs) Contact us at Michigan Other Mayhem to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes, find site links, correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.